Hello and welcome to the How BJJ Works podcast, the podcast where we do a deep dive and explore a concept or topic that was covered in the weekly blog post on the website. My name is Justin and I am your host. I'm a three-stripe purple belt who's been training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about seven years. This podcast is mostly targeted at newcomers to BJJ or those who are curious about the sport and would like to learn more before taking the plunge. That being said, all are welcome. And if you've been training for a while but just like to listen to people talk about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, please take a seat and stay a while. Today's episode is going to be on the 15 questions to ask before signing up for a BJJ gym. In order to keep the episodes relatively short, I'm actually going to break this into three different podcast episodes. So today we're just going to do questions one through five. And so that you don't waste your time on stuff that you don't care about, I'm going to give you a little bit of a preview. So we're just going to cover number one, is the gym beginner friendly? Number two, are there female members involved? And Please don't disregard this question if you think it sounds stupid. It's actually a really important one, and you should listen later to find out why. Number three, how much money will it cost? Number four, what are the people like? And number five, what kind of contracts do they offer? So there are a number of important factors that go into picking a good gym. Not all of them are going to apply to you in your specific situation. And if you feel overwhelmed by this list, just keep in mind that you're not going to know the answer to every question and you're probably not going to know the answer to some of these questions right away. Some of them will take time to figure out. You'll have to train, you'll have to do some classes, get to know the people. Maybe you decide to move gyms after some time. We'll talk more about that later. But it is important to listen to each question, even if you think that it may not apply to you, and just kind of get an idea of what you're going to be looking for when deciding which gym to choose. Even if you already have a good idea of what you're looking for in a gym, I personally find it quite helpful to get many different perspectives. So if nothing else, I just hope that these questions just get your mind thinking in the right direction. Also, I did try to prioritize these questions, starting with the most important. And again, you're not going to know the answer to all of them necessarily and it's going to be more geared towards a newer person. So if you're coming with grappling experience and you're looking for a gym, the order of priority might actually be different for you. But they're still good questions regardless. Question number one, is the gym beginner friendly? This can be a tricky one because it's not always going to be clear whether they're beginner friendly, but there's a couple things that you can look for pretty consistently. The very first thing is look at the schedule see if they have a fundamentals class or a beginners class or BJJ 101 or something like that. That's going to be uh, usually geared towards beginners. Even if you show up and it's a mix of all different types of skill level, which it's probably going to be, even if that's the case, it still means that the gym is thinking about the new people. And even though new people are kind of the bread and butter are kind of the, the way that a gym makes money, you'd be surprised how many gyms don't organize the structure of the classes or really set up the gym in any way for new people or make it easy to kind of get ramped up to speed and, uh, and get a good introduction to jujitsu. So even if you show up to a beginner class and it's not actually geared towards beginner, that doesn't necessarily mean they're, it's not a beginner-friendly gym. It just means that... Um, Maybe they don't have a, a big enough class size to only have beginners, but it does usually indicate that they are thinking about new people, so that can be a really good indication. Now, there are gyms out there that are big enough to actually sustain an entire class 
uh, of just new people. And some of them will have um, different requirements in terms of how many of these beginner classes you have to attend before you can spar or before you can join uh, the more experienced people. Sometimes you have to actually belt up, like get a blue belt um, or a purple belt or something in order to attend more advanced classes. So it'll depend on the gym. Another thing that may happen is they require you to take private lessons with an instructor uh, before you are joining the general population. None of these are necessarily a, a good or bad way to go about it. Um, but if you are looking for a more uh, personalized experience, then that can be a really good way to do it. Usually it's going to be a little bit more expensive to get the private lessons on top of everything else. So also keep that in mind uh, based on your budget. Question number two is going to be, does the gym have female members? This is probably going to seem like a very strange question to most people, but this is a really important one. Even if you do not think this is an important question, just hear me out and, uh, and at least let me explain myself. So here's the thing. There's a lot of different types of gyms out there. There's a lot of different types of gym cultures out there. And the type of people who attend the gym tend to make up the culture. Sometimes that will also be heavily influenced by the coach or, or the gym ownership or management. Uh, also depends on the size of the gym. But the more mix of people, the more variety of people, typically is going to have a better gym culture. What does that mean exactly? What it usually comes down to is longevity, you know, risk of injury, uh, general enjoyment, community. These are kind of generic words um, and it's going to mean something different at each gym but these are things to think about so for example if you go to a gym and it's just a bunch of guys who are constantly trying to kill each other and they don't ever have to think about their training partners and the safety of their training partners what do you think those people are going to do to you now compare that to a gym that has uh, kids, it has families, it has old people, it has young people, and it also has those guys in their 20s and 30s who are in really good shape and, and competitors. It has this whole mix of people. It has men, it has women, right? They know how to all roll together. The guys who are really good know how to roll against people who are not as good and know how to raise them up and get them better and keep them safe. Very important things. And the guys who are bigger than everyone, are probably going to know how to roll with people who are smaller than them and also keep them safe and let them do their thing, but not let them get away with anything. Right, you can see the, the picture that we're painting here. The more variety of games and people and sizes and shapes is going to be beneficial for you. And it may be frustrating at first to roll against somebody who you're not really comfortable with, and it can be a little uncomfortable and a little awkward to roll with somebody of the opposite gender, especially if you've never been in the sport before, or you didn't grow up doing wrestling or something like that. It can be a little weird, but it is healthy and it will actually make you a better person, probably, hopefully, both in and outside of the gym. So even if you initially heard that question and you go, I don't need that, I just want to find a place full of killers who can make me really tough and sharpen me up 
and will will get me in there and so that I can do the best in competition and be the best in the world. Yeah, you you might you might make that happen at a, at a gym full of killers. What's probably going to happen is you're going to be battling injury after injury, and you're going to be training with people who may or may not care about your development and your game and getting you better. So while it may be that rolling in a gym with a variety of different types of people may not always be making you feel like you're constantly sharpening that knife, it will expose you to a whole different range of different types of people and different games and different ways to approach and different learning styles. I could go on and on about this, but I think I've driven home the point enough that getting a wide variety of training partners is going to be a very important element. So to kind of bring that back to the initial point of are there female members that train at the gym, not only will it be beneficial for the variety of different types of people to roll against, different shapes and sizes, but you're also going to find that the more female presence the gym has, the more it's going to be accepting uh, just in general. There's this interesting thing that happens where it seems like men are more willing to put up with a, a really bad situation. I don't have any kind of science to back that up. This is just totally anecdotal. But in my experience, it seems that if the gym culture is really bad and negative and toxic, men are more likely to put up with that kind of thing, and the women will just bail. So if there's been any kind of big drama in the gym, any kind of scandal, any kind of controversy, or if there was a really bad instructor, or there was uh, one student that the gym just wouldn't kick out who's causing all sorts of trouble, the women culture will just bail, and they'll go move to some other gym. And a bunch of the guys will still be there, and they'll stick it out and tough it out. And then they won't understand after a few months why the culture just went to hell. So so I hope that has kind of painted a, a complete picture as to why, regardless of your goals, you should actually make this a high-priority item to make sure that there are, in fact, uh, there is, in fact, a strong female presence at the gym. Because that is going to be indicative of a, a strong culture overall. So moving on to number three, how much money will it cost? Talking about money can always be really difficult because it really depends on your situation and what the economy is like there and kind of what the base wage is and all that kind of stuff. In terms of my personal experience, it seems that that 25 to $50 range is, is at the super low end uh, around 100 to 125 is pretty standard, and then upwards of 150, 180, 200, or something like that is going to be on the pretty high end. You would expect that on the low end, you're going to be training at a place like 24-Hour Fitness that maybe offers a jiu-jitsu class of some kind, or it might be uh, a college campus that maybe either offers a community class or has a, a jiu-jitsu club that you're allowed to come and do a couple classes of. In the middle range, you're going to be more in your kind of standard jiu-jitsu, BJJ gym. It's probably going to have CrossFit or boxing or MMA or wrestling. It's going to have a, usually a mix of different classes, um, or sometimes it doesn't. The higher you get, it's probably going to be because the head coach or the owner of the gym is a big name whether that's a big MMA name or a big name in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, 
it's probably going to be that even if you haven't heard of them and as somebody who isn't involved in the sport presumably if you're just starting out then it's probably likely that you won't have heard of them but if you're wondering why this place is is so expensive then you should probably go google their name or maybe that's how you ended up there somebody recommended the gym to you and was like you have to train with this guy he's the best so that is kind of what leads us to the next section here is do you really want to train with the best right so in terms of how much money will it cost what are you also going to be getting out of it if you're just a you know couple day a week uh, hobbyist then you probably don't need to train with the best it probably isn't worth the investment of that kind of money unless you think that eventually you're going to be ramping up you know maybe you should go train somewhere that's a bit smaller isn't going to cost as much that being said if you are looking to be you know highly competitive and want to be the best then you should train the best but there's no reason you can't move to that gym after you've already been training for some time so it can be a good idea to start out in kind of that middle range right you also don't want to learn necessarily from 24-hour fitness now you could but it's probably not going to be the best idea there's probably some good coaches there uh, uh, don't risk it go to some gym that's more in that hundred dollar range or get a punch card somewhere you don't always have to sign a contract we'll talk about more of that later but you should find that kind of middle of the road maybe even leaning towards a less expensive middle of the roadish area and just start there and just see what you think of the sport because even if you think you're going to want to be a, a top level competitor at some point it doesn't mean that you have to start out of that gym just make sure that you even enjoy the sport first <laughs> okay moving on to question number four what are the people like this is one of those questions that i mentioned at the start of the podcast where you're gonna have to train at the gym for some time before you probably get a feel for this if the personalities are strong enough you may learn sooner rather than later uh, either for good you know for better or for worse and it can be difficult to know what actually constitutes like a bad person you know because you end up with these situations where people will be really tough um, and make you work real hard and they may come across as mean and you probably had one of these coaches in high school if you did sports in high school or college where it's sort of that tough love mentality they just they they come across as super mean but they really have a heart of gold it can be a weird situation and you're probably an adult listening to this and if you are then by this point in your life you've realized that some of what went on in high school uh, or college would probably qualify as borderline psychological or emotional abuse um, at this point and you may fall on the side of that fence that believes that that is necessary to produce uh, a great athlete um, I do not personally fall on that side of the fence I think that you can still be driven without being driven into the ground I think that you can still end up a really great athlete without getting broken down to the point where there's nothing left but you're gonna find the gym that's right for you and you're probably gonna decide whether or not that's where you fit right so keep in mind ahead of time what kind of situation you're looking for and know the difference between tough love and abusive behavior right additionally there's a lot of people who love this sport based on the community of the people super tight-knit community and you may find that 
all the other relationships kind of fade away. There's quite a few people that this happens to in the sport where if you're not talking about jujitsu, then like why even bother having that conversation? It might be a little extreme and you might be thinking to yourself, that sounds a little cultish. It, it kind of is sometimes. Uh, but some people just really live that lifestyle and that's what they want. And there's nothing wrong with that. If that's, uh, you know, the kind of people you want to surround yourself 24 seven, and it can be really great. It can be a really awesome tight knit community. So keep in mind as well, that if you're in a gym and you're not feeling that sense of community, just know that there are many gyms out there like that. And if that is something you're craving that you want to be a part of, then keep looking for other gyms because they are out there. And number five, what kind of contracts do they offer? At its most basic, you're essentially going to be looking at a short-term contract or a long-term contract. And in some cases, the gym may also offer a punch card or some ability to purchase classes on a class-by-class -class basis. Almost all gyms will offer a drop-in fee, and it's usually going to be fairly inexpensive, somewhere around 10 to $15. They may jack that price up a lot higher if it's a prestigious gym or they want to discourage drop-ins. Uh, and in those cases, the punch card is probably going to be a discount from that drop-in fee. So if the drop-in fee is, say, $15, the punch card might be $10 per class or something like that. When you're first starting out, I would highly recommend just starting with a short-term contract or maybe even a punch card. Let's say you have three different gyms that you're kind of looking at going to and you're not sure which one is going to be the best. Just start out by getting a punch card of, say, 10 classes for each gym and maybe go to gym one uh, for a couple months and then gym two for a couple months and then make your decision from there. Some people will actually just kind of bounce around to different gyms and just get punch cards uh, at kind of where they feel like training or if their work is very erratic or requires a lot of travel they'll kind of have a number of different gyms that they hit up all over the united states or in whatever area that they're frequently traveling to and this can be a lot of fun and a really good way to train the ability to go to many different gyms allows you to roll with a lot of different people and as i identified earlier i'm a huge proponent of a variety of training partners so not only will you be encountering a lot of different styles and different people, you'll also have the ability to just bail at any moment if you decide that this gym isn't really for you. Now, something that I should mention here is that there are a couple drawbacks. So for example, you're probably not going to progress as quickly if you're jumping around to a lot of different gyms. The coaches, for one thing, will probably not spend as much time uh, giving you personalized instruction they know that you are not really a member of the gym and they're probably going to prioritize the students who show up on a more regular basis. Right? And that means that you're not going to get somebody who is constantly picking out those little details that they notice you're missing or helping you kind of progress to the next tiny stage. Because initially during your training, it's going to be about big growth spurts. So you're going to be uh, growing at a rapid pace. Your game is going to be growing at a rapid pace. As you spend more time on the mat and you get better, you're no longer going to have those huge epiphanies. It's going to be more about the little details that you start to hone in. And if you don't have a coach who knows your game inside and out, it's going to be very difficult for them to help you really progress at that stage. So while it may not be the ideal situation, if you have a lot of experience, it can be a really good way to start as a newcomer. 
to try a few different gyms, get to know the people at each one, see what they're all about, see if the culture fits with you. If you make some really good friendships at one gym, then maybe you decide that you just want to sign a long-term contract there, or maybe even just a month to month instead of the punch card. And you can easily avoid uh, the pitfalls of getting sucked into a long-term contract at a place that you later decide isn't for you. This concludes our podcast, but I appreciate you sticking around for the whole episode. I hope you enjoyed yourself, and please leave a review or send me a message to let me know what you thought. In order to make ends meet, I do sell ad space on the website. I also promote affiliate links to products that I think are worth endorsing and accept donations through Patreon. If you ever want to contribute, your support is greatly appreciated, but don't feel pressured to give anything that you can't afford to anyone ever. Until next time, tap early, train often, and most importantly, have fun.